Welcome to the Singing for Health Network podcast. My name is Ruth Routledge and I'm a Singing for Health practitioner, researcher, choir director, arranger. Um, I wear quite a few hats uh, and obviously podcast host. And I'm delighted today to welcome our guest, Adam Lewis, who is a physiotherapy lecturer at Brunel University and has been involved in a lot of the research around singing for lung health in the UK. Hello, Adam. Welcome. Thank you very much, Ruth, for uh, inviting me today. Really looking forward to uh, discussing all things Singing for Lung Health with you. Yeah, me too. Delighted to have you. And um, I think the Singing for Lung Health movement in the UK has been really going from strength to strength. And you've actually been very much at the hub of a lot of the research. Um, I've been quoting you a lot in uh, some of my some of my uh, assignments, my master's assignments. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, could you just tell us a little bit about your work, particularly relating to singing for lung health, how you got into doing that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I uh, am a um, respiratory physiotherapist by background, did a lot of work in uh, community uh, respiratory physiotherapy um, and in something called pulmonary rehabilitation, which is a group-based um, intervention of exercise and education for people living with um, chronic respiratory diseases so things like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease which is emphysema you've probably heard of or chronic bronchitis um, people with asthma people with bronchiectasis and so that's my clinical background um, and then uh, I worked in the muscle lab in uh, the Royal Brompton Hospital with Professor Nick Hopkinson and Professor Mike Polkey. And that's where I was brought into more of the, the research with singing for lung health. And so the reason why I got interested in it was I went up to uh, one of the wards at, at the Royal Brompton Hospital um, and there's uh, a a quiet prayer room on on one of the uh, wards and my now colleague uh, Feeney Cave was running a singing for lung health group and I was invited to attend and see what's what mm. um, and I went in there and I just saw a very different really joyful engaging environment and atmosphere uh, whereby people were responding uh, in such a positive fashion to what Feeney was doing in that group and there was a that group in the quiet room ironically because yes. there was a lot of noise being <laughs> yes I did wonder if it was happening in the quiet room or just outside <laughs> yes yeah yeah well no no so people on the wards can hear this group singing um when it's happening it's amazing to hear, hear really but why I was uh sort of um so absorbed by it is because um I was not used to individuals with respiratory disease presenting so confidently and positively about about themselves really you know the the way in which they they were singing was yeah just overwhelmingly positive uh, life affirming really you know they they were um, singing to promote what was good within themselves yeah. um, rather than being labelled as something else or labelled as a patient and being expected to do something on instruction. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's where I sort of got my hook 
into singing for lung health and there wasn't really that wasn't research at that time that was just going to see what it was all about yeah. and then professor nick hopkinson invited me to this meeting and i was sat in this meeting with a load of experts uh respiratory conditions and 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 feeney was there because feeney had been involved with nick in previous randomized controlled trials they had done together and we went about sort of set, setting out plans to do a systematic review um, and a consensus group statement. So this group of people would um, convene and use the systematic review to really create the first sort of guideline guidance uh, document, if you will, um, alongside the systematic review, looking at what, what evidence there was for singing for lung health. Yeah. Um, and so... We published that and, and the evidence that at that time at the end of 2016 was that there was small scale randomized controlled trials, particularly in COPD, mm. um, two with Feeney being the singing for lung health leader within them, that basically showed that singing may help improve physical related quality of life for individuals with COPD and in other conditions there's very little evidence um then right. cochrane if you've heard of co the cochrane group who are a big yes. body looking at um you know the highest quality evidence they're trying to provide basically yes. that's just to just to explain for people who might not be aware isn't that about making sure that there are particular standards for research yes yes so they they are looking at getting a trying to group num a number of trials together if they're available to come yep. up with some synthesized evidence recommendations or grouping the evidence from individuals trials together to get to a um, answer on a particular right. research question and so they do what's called systematic reviews and meta analyses and so they did one short that was published shortly after systematic our systematic review it showed very similar things and then there's been a lot of research since then there's been you know it's a real exploding field of research and and more and more people are getting involved there's trials uh, in europe recently that have been published in denmark that that was led not by a um physiotherapist but by you know a musician by background as well mm. um and also um trials in china there's been work in new zealand there's work in australia being developed at the moment it's a brilliant time to be involved in seeing for lung health work mm. Really yeah, is. fantastic. And so do you think there is enough objective and quite high quality evidence to say that singing does help lung conditions? Yeah, no, that's a great does question. Does it work? The magic question. Does it work? Yes, does it work? Um, so I think I think that depends on how you judge quality evidence. And I think the medical sciences have a very sort of traditional structure of what high quality evidence is and and from that perspective high quality evidence means systematic reviews and meta-analyses of randomized controlled trials which within themselves have to meet certain criteria to be called good quality and there just aren't there isn't sufficient data according to those standards to recommend these in in clinical practice guidelines at the moment i don't think hmm. that being said there's a lot of evidence looking at other outcomes and across conditions now that I think are the foundation of being able to say there's some evidence of effect. Yeah. Whether or not that evidence is good good enough for certain clinical commissioning groups, if you're looking at funding these these programs, is another question. Because 
yeah, it depends where you want to place these singing for lung health groups as well. If you want to place them in healthcare or, or if you want to place them in community practice, that's another question as well. Mm. Yes, something that I thought was really interesting coming out of the of the research that I've read is that are the psychological benefits mm. um, and you know in our health sector and in our Western world, I think mm. I do separate mind and body very much and the psychological and the physical and perhaps in the mainstream clinical sector there is more emphasis on physical um yeah you know it seems to me as though you're kind of saying that perhaps there needs to be more evidence regarding the physical benefits but the psychological benefits seem to be coming through very loudly and clearly from the research is that the case and should is it even helpful to separate the physical and the psychological? Yeah. Is that is that the best way of looking at singing for lung health research? So, the, so uh, yeah, the, yeah. There's there's a lot to there's a lot to answer there, and um, I, I want to start by saying you know singing is very much something that's holistic in its effects. So it, there's spiritual, psychological, emotional physical, social, if I haven't said yeah, that, but I'm sure yeah. I have. You know, these these, these effects yeah. are holistic and, and, and you don't just improve one and they, and they mm. have sort of interaction effects as well. So if mm. you improve one thing, you may improve another. Mm. I also think you have to put in context where singing is in relation to other interventions and treatments available and how it's likely to be compared. And so there's a game to be played in a way in which in order to get research funded you have to create a grant that funders understand um, and find benefits according to previous uh, evidence base and so the reason why the physical is prioritized is we're working in a biomedical model Mm. really still in healthcare um, which doesn't really fit that well with arts in health practices Mm even though we know the benefits of arts and health, Daisy Fancourt um, provided a fantastic report um, via the World Health Organization showing the many benefits of arts and health practices for health. Yes. But yes, it's still looked at for its physical health effects and, and evidence based on that. That's what the systematic reviews, the trials have maybe looked at. But they've also looked at quality of life, which is Mm. sort of a composite thing, isn't it? It's a global construct. So talking about the other side of it in terms of the psychological health Mm. benefits, we know that singing for lung health can improve anxiety. So the systematic reviews published to date have looked at quality of life Mm. um, and randomised controlled trials that have have prioritised physical health measures so far. So walking distance, for example, is a commonly used measure in pulmonary rehab. So in order to potentially get funding for a singing uh, trial, you may have to include that as an outcome. And that's what's happened in a recent trial. However, you know, systematic reviews and meta-analyses, as I've, I've discussed previously, are only really prioritizing one or two outcomes at a time. You can't look at all the evidence for all the outcomes. It would be too much of a big review. And so I think there's scope 
for further reviews, looking at these psychological outcomes, particular to singing for lung health, things like anxiety, which have been shown mm. to reduce for singing for lung health, depression shown to reduce from singing uh, for people with respiratory conditions. And, and, and very recently, my good friend and colleague, Dr. Keir Phillip, uh, led the English National Opera trial in, in COVID. Mm. So there's there's recent evidence um, from doing singing post-COVID with persistent breathlessness mm. that singing uh, helps improve mental health components of quality of life, but also perceptions of breathlessness. And so that's 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 very interesting as well. And so, yeah, so I, would I that think... Be, would that be perceptions of breathlessness as opposed to actual measured breathlessness? So breathlessness is a subjective sensation. It has sort of qualitatively distinct uh, components um, that can be emotional, they can be physical, and there are different measures to measure breathlessness but actually it's a subjective thing mm. so you, you you could have mm. a respiratory rate a breathing rate yes it's very quick but you don't feel breathless at all right whereas i could have a, a breathing rate within a normal range and i could feel very breathless Interesting. and that and that is where i think arts in health have huge value as well because if we're dealing with perceptions of breathlessness what i've found in in and this is unpublished data mm. um but so what i did is there's an outcome measure called uh the multi-dimensional dyspnea profile and i went up to the brompton the quiet room at the brompton with the group of with the group of people there and i asked them to fill out this questionnaire before they did the singing at the start of uh the session and mm. then at the end of the session i asked them to fill it out and they they showed a reduced effective affective component of breathlessness was hugely reduced after the session mm. so in essence they had come to the session feeling quite emotionally charged about mm. their breathlessness breathlessness makes me feel frustrated it makes me angry it makes me feel depressed at the end of the session hardly any of those feelings remained interesting interesting and and, and so measures like that that are seemingly objective are an objective account of subjective yes. sensations of breathlessness. Yes, it's a it's a psychological measure essentially, isn't it? Yeah, there's the yeah, there's the psychological component as well. So it's a really complex thing, breathlessness. Mm. And so I, I don't think that you're ever going to have one intervention fits all for for people right. living with respiratory disease. And I think we need to provide a choice mm. of things for people to do that they enjoy mm. so get clinical benefit from right so yeah. at the moment the main group intervention is pulmonary rehab but we know people living with chronic respiratory disease can be socially disengaged socially isolated lonely yeah. and that has a big impact on health outcomes yeah. so why don't we focus maybe on the social mm. improvements for these individuals by getting them in a group where their inhibitions are sort of lowered and they can learn off each other, feel well with each other mm. and feel connected with each other. And yes. singing is an amazing thing to do for that. Yes, it is, as research shows as well in terms of singing and feelings of connection. Mm. Mm, that's very interesting. That's really fascinating. Um, are there any lung conditions where 
singing is not beneficial? Well, I, I think it goes to what, according to what outcome are you looking at? I mean, right, yeah. Feeney and uh, Dr. Anne-Marie Russell, mm. um, who's now at Exeter, did a project for people living with interstitial lung disease, which is mm. a restricting respiratory condition. So very different pathophysiology, very different ways in which breathing is affected. And and they they showed some benefits, but it was a very different approach needed for this intervention in a way from what I remember Feeney saying, yeah. because some of these individuals had a very short time. That is a very different prognosis for some people living with um, some uh, interstitial lung diseases like uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis for example compared to living with asthma bronchiectasis even COPD where it doesn't necessarily affect your you know mortality as much as maybe other things going on in your life right. whereas in IPF in idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis it, it almost definitely is the main that main issue and so there was a more of a um, palliative approach to the intervention right. more sort of mm. focusing on the spiritual aspect of it mm. um and so that's another way in which singing is fantastic mm. because you can tailor it hugely for yes. individuals yes. and i know you can with exercise but there's a very rigid structure with exercise on how you you tailor things and as a creative intervention singing yes. that you know you've got a huge creative toolbox to to work with individuals on a personal level yes. and uh and, and yeah, on so. a sort of social level really it, it's very relational isn't yes it? and you yeah. know it, it's cultural as well particular songs have more or less cultural significance for people or that sort of thing as well that aspect to music I think yeah and and there are people that know a lot more about me uh on this but I know that you know we sing in communities to deal with certain uh when we when we're dealing with emotions mm. and so you know when we grieve communities sing through grief when we're um celebrating communities sing to celebrate mm. and so you may have individuals dealing with a number of different emotions in your group and so your choice of repertoire as a singing leader can have a huge impact on how that person feels and then has an effect on them leaving leaving that session yes absolutely you no know, it can be it can be cathartic or it can be empowering it can be you know invigorating mm. um or, or all of those things as well. All of those things. Yeah, I mean, you'd be yeah. a bit confused at the end of the session. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And in terms of awareness among health professionals of the benefits of singing for lung health hmm. conditions? No, I don't, I don't think so really yet. <laughs> right. um, okay. I'm obviously very biased and I know a fair bit about it. But if you ask the average Joe about singing for health they probably wouldn't know much about it or or understand the intricacies of any of the value of mm. of singing or, or potential value of singing um it's quite a natural thing i think to think that singing can help the breath because you think oh um this was a quote from somebody so i'm paraphrasing but they say you know opera singers are the best breathers so you often think about singers and you think about how they manage their breath and basically opera singers are performing a vocal marathon mm, absolutely aren't they yes, and you know they're, they're moving their lung volumes in many different ways depending on how that mm. happens through uh their performance but yes and managing you know, 
singing with movement and yes. emotion phrasing and yeah vocal athletes mm. really so mm. um you know i think there's a natural link for people if you said do you think singing can help breathing mm. i think just that simple question to a healthcare professional they'd probably go yeah they wouldn't they'd be unlikely to say no probably yes yeah if you if if you do singing well and that that's a that's another that's another thing that we need to look at in research is is singing for lung health any different from going to a local karaoke night yes you know what are the i think i know the specifics and the, and, and the differences but they haven't been these haven't been tested right. enough and right. so i see you know there's a career of research fingers crossed um <laughs> ahead in in this in this area mm. so yeah. does it how, how does it mainly differ the potential differences are between karaoke and, yeah. and singing for lung health and mm. there's a similarity so one of the objectives is to have fun you know people in healthcare go well that's a bit woolly isn't it or, mm. or well, that's mm. not really important is it yeah but for people who are living with a disability it can be bloody hard to have fun sometimes yeah. um and yes. you feeling good in the moment about yourself and about others is uh is important mm. so that's that's a similarity so we're still on the so i could still go and be tom cruise in top gun and and sing at a bar that's fine yeah but then what differs is how we are and, and the singing leaders particularly mm. are focusing on posture and body awareness and so we're, we're looking to explore um vocal production using the whole body right. and and how we manage that and so you will know this again more than me but it's about managing the breath using the repertoire as well mm. so to change old habits using uh, new skills in breath right. management reducing these sort of top-up breaths that you get the breathing pattern when you have respiratory disease changes and what i mean by breathing pattern is the, the way in which you breathe in and you breathe out and you pause. And there are pauses uh, in the breathing cycle. Um, mm. And there's a ratio of how you breathe. So how long you breathe in is different to how long you breathe out. Mm. And that changes with a respiratory condition. Mm. And so we're trying to manage that as well. And, and a key thing, a key component is extending the out breath through sung phrases. Mm. And so that really matches with how people, particularly with an obstructive condition, tend to breathe, whereby they breathe in for less time and they breathe out at a far longer time. Because of the obstruction in their airways, it takes longer for that air to come out. Oh, right. Um, and so another thing is we're looking at improving expiratory muscle strength. So, you know, we were talking uh, earlier about those sort of voiced fricatives. Yeah. and uh the, the different sort of exercises that we do it's not just singing i think yes. that's another thing yes there's different components of a singing for lung health session so you know you have the uh, vocal warm-ups you have the physical warm-ups the rhythm and pitch exercises you do have the repertoire of course mm. but it's it's slightly more focused on those other physical things beforehand so there's that yeah and also we're trying to improve some vocal and physical stamina that it is it is a, a more of a mm. physical directed intervention i think right so that, yeah by I, physical but, stamina you mean the sort of say the walking test or being able to yeah. move around so, well there's that yeah so so there's a number of different physical things so recently out of the danish trial that's just happened meta who led the trial and she took some physiological measures um, from a number of the people who completed and, and got some of the other benefits. 
So those people who got quality of life benefits from one of the questionnaires they filled in, it was correlated with improvements in inspiratory pressure, maximum inspiratory pressure. So how hard you can breathe in. Now, if you're doing that maximum inspiratory pressure right, you're using your diaphragm effectively and in combination with accessory muscle use. So it's not just about the the walking as a physiological as a outcome measure. There's there's mm. lung function and there's, you know, muscle pressures and, and it's how we use other parts of our body as well. So there's that from the, the physical side. I'm going to move on. So what do you think is the future of singing for lung health, ideally and perhaps realistically? <laughs> yeah. So ideally, we'd get to a, a stage where we can provide this high quality evidence through meta-analyses in a number of different outcomes so that be physical psychological uh, emotional social absolutely mm. there's different domains different meta-analyses showing that singing helps that's ideal but also i'm a researcher so my role is to absolutely stay neutral in any investigation so i i want to show equally if it doesn't have any benefits because there's also a risk that you are promoting an intervention which doesn't have any significant benefits for people and these things if they're provided on national health service cost money mm. and there could be better value care provided for that same money for that individual so it's very difficult research in in this because say if you were um, a potential participant and I know I'm going off, I go off piece, I've got ADHD. Mm. So, <laughs> but say if, you're, say if you're a potential participant going into a research trial, and it's what's called a randomized controlled trial. So you consent to do, do the study based on the fact that you would be randomized to either receive singing group mm. for 10 weeks yes. or not. So far, it's been shown quite difficult to recruit people to these trials because everyone who's interested just wants to do the singing. Yes, yes, I noticed willing, that. With, yeah. <laughs> they're not necessarily willing to not do the singing. Yes. So, so what's needed in these future studies is the ability for those who don't get the singing initially to then access the singing mm. afterwards. But again, that requires more funding, you see. Yes. So, so the ideal place for research to be is to have multiple meta-analyses for different outcomes showing whether there is or isn't benefit for this intervention, which can then go into national and international treatment guidelines. Because at the moment, right. singing isn't in any national no. or international guideline. No. And there's so many more people doing this internationally that that's where I think it would be. Now, realistically, as I've just said, it may be difficult to get that body of evidence to a stage that can be included in those guidelines, but I don't think that it's impossible. I just think mm. it's how you design the trial to enable that to happen. Finally, just to finish off, um, yeah. would you talk me through, give me an instruction of your go-to exercise that you would do for lung health, singing for lung health, but I, I understand you're not a singing leader, so that's fine. Yeah, no, perfect. So um, I'll do one that combines um, managing the breath, managing the voice and doing something that's a little bit physical. And I'll, I'll just uh, turn my camera around so that you can you see me hopefully doing it. So fantastic. And I'll, uh, you can instruct me. I'll, I'll do it along with you. And so this this exercise um, for the singing leaders, you'll probably know what voiced fricatives are, but it's basically making a zzz or a v sound and 
you're trying to engage your abdominal support, basically your abdominal musculature, in combination with the breath at the same time as you're doing the sound. So what we want to do is we want to be able to move through the sound forwards and then backwards as we're releasing the breath. And then as we're using the breath again, we're pushing out. And the arm here is used as the sort of breath machine, whereby at the beginning of the breath, when you have the most breath, it's closer to your body. And then as you finish your breath, your arm should be extended. So it's, it's a way in which that you're engaging your breath with your body of how much you should be breathing through the movement. Okay, so you have a kind and of so physiological to... coordination, coordination. Yes, yeah, yeah, in, in, embodied action or something. Breath. Lovely. So I don't Would even know like if that's a thing, but it sounds good. Yeah. It sounds good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's it. So, that's the term, embodied um, action. <laughs> that's the term. We nailed it. So, so, so what you want to do is as you're as you're breathing out, you move forward. So you would do a. <sighs> Extending your arm forwards and swaying forwards, <laughs> inhaling, swaying backwards and bringing your arm back into your body. And with this hand, you're feeling the upper part of your abdomen. Yeah. Now, what should happen is as you're breathing in, as you're coming back to this point, you're letting your tummy go. It's nice and wobbly. You're splatting. Singers, please lose abdominal tension. Right? Yep. And then as you're doing the you're feeling some engagement you're feeling some slight contraction around this area okay so your left now you might feel it abdomen just to that's just it to that's it and, and, and then you release right so you make the sound so so um swaying forwards arm extending come yeah. back and your left hand on your, on your upper abdomen. you can feel it in the side here or you might you might feel it just um above your pubic bone as well so this diamond area of support and really i'm not the expert in this at all i'm borrowing all of these things from feeny really <laughs> what the aim is to do is to sort of manage manage that out breath and extend that out breath and then have a proper release and time to have uh, have a more appropriate in-breath and so what you're doing with that is you're in effect often slowing down people's um people's breathing people's mechanics uh of breathing we've actually done a trial using some of these the study we did with um, some healthy participants in the muscle lab in the brompton comparing singing to treadmill walking oh interesting um, yeah, and um, we were comparing some of these these exercises with treadmill walking and actually doing a sort of singing for lung health repertoire can be equivalent of walking at six kilometres an hour. But this is a very small scale wow. in healthy individuals right. study. So yeah. you can't take really anything from it at this stage. What we can take is that we're used to doing these exercises now and we may be able to consider repeating the study for people with respiratory conditions yes amazing yeah so um you know that's one of the exercises but uh with the camera angle and my posture there i'm not even sure i demonstrated that that well so um <laughs> don't you know worry, i haven't done worry. it I in a while we, i think we get the idea thank you so much adam it's really okay. lovely to meet you and talk to you yeah and, and you um, good luck with it all. thank bye. you bye, bye.